All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Uh, the Methernet will be the only contribution Mark Mathot will make to today's show as he is on a, let's call it a maintenance day. But in keeping with the Wham Show moniker, we have brought in a guest. Well, he actually now gets to become a co-host because he's been on so much. And also, as we've told you already, Bobby Ryan's joining us. So here now, Ian Mendez from The Athletic and Bobby Ryan, our favorite co-hosts of all time. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Hey, thanks for... Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, sorry, so, so Bobby's your favorite co-host of all time? Where, where does that leave me? Well, because you were a guest, but we just like to bring Bobby on as a buddy. Okay. Okay. But you're, I got to fight. You're, you're, Ian, do you I get don't... paid when you get on. Nobody gives me anything. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Wait. So I will tell you, there is a shipment on the way to your house of something. Cause I tried to send you a Starbucks gift card. I know it's, I'm, I'm cheap. Uh, meth told me to do it <laughs> is, um, I can't send a U.S. gift card from Canada. So I had to go to a different route. Uh, and send you something. So it should arrive this week. I think I know what it is. Uh, Mendez. My, my, my wife asked me to remember something from my time in Ottawa. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think I know what it's coming. I'll, next time I'm on, I'll hold them up for you. <laughs> uh, all right, perfect. Uh, and Mendez, since I bought him a gift, I can't get you anything. That's all. Listen, <laughs> an, an extra hour with you guys is all the gift I need. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, okay. Enough of that. Um, you too. I don't have a lot of time with you because I got lots of stuff. We got uh, six pages, so I'll get right to it. Uh, as always, this show brought to you by SportsInteraction.com, Canada's leading online casino and sportsbook. 
sportsinteraction.com slash Thought for the most competitive live daily odds. Sports Interaction is Canada's leading sports book. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Um, did you either one of you, by the way, watch the Masters on the weekend? Did anybody care? I don't think I missed a shot all weekend. I watched I watched from Thursday to Sunday night. I watched the I, I don't miss a shot of the Masters, no matter how it turns out. Uh, Ian, did you, you know what? I was all in on Tiger on Thursday because I thought that was one of the greatest stories in, in sports that we've seen. But then I was uh, wrapped up with Sens hockey on the weekend. Fair enough. So, and so no Masters for me. I, I couldn't handle the Tiger stuff by the end. I didn't need – He's the, this is the only time I can remember every minute of him on the course, I had to watch him walking. I had to watch him just staring into space. I got tired of it by the end, Bobby. <laughs> I, I can relate. What they should have I don't know that you ever drop him from coverage because of who he is, but they should have Right. You don't need to see him three and four putt. Just tell us what he got last hole. Let maybe let, let us watch him tee off. But when it was when he shot seventy eight on Saturday and then Sunday as well and the limp kept getting worse, it was getting a little much. Like put put somebody else on that's yeah. got it going. Like I, I didn't think we saw nearly enough of Rory on Sunday and he shot the course record and probably the best round of golf put together in a long stretch of time. So we missed a lot of that. And that's that's what disappointing. And I and we'll always go to the Canadians, which you'll never see. But Corey Connors was tied for sixth or whatever it was. Like there was a lot of good golf being played that we didn't get to see because Tiger walked on fifteen by himself. Like I, that was the only problem I had. But he's Tiger. I get it. People watch and tune in for that. But I just it was overkill for me. Yeah, I agree with you. It's I'm, okay, I'm a Tiger guy. We'll so just. Ah, uh, fine. I. It was just by the end of it, I was bored because uh, the lead was too much. The guy missed the putt on 18, and we all got excited, even though it was a five-shot lead. Yeah, you're like, maybe this guy will five wiggle, and we'll have it. We'll have it. I'm like, everybody else is already in. This guy can, yeah. this guy can miss four more three-footers yeah. and still win. So, but I agree uh, with you. I just wish, I, I like, uh, I like his game a lot. I just wish he was a touch more animated. Like, uh, it right. was, it's tough to watch. Scheffler go through the whole process and and even when he hit I mean he's just he's in middle of the fairway greens two putt you know the odd birdie but it just it was boring uh boring golf yes, for me even when the even the chip in you know like go crazy there man you just chipped in from down below you were out of the hole and then you did that and uh yeah for, for me I would like to and Cameron Smith was the same way I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of those two uh animated wise a nice mullet a nice mullet though yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a pretty good face <laughs> furniture, too. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to the Sens talk is what everybody wants to hear. So uh, to the Sens, brought to you by a cool, refreshing taste of whitewater beer. Try the new tasty kiwi lime sour flavor. You can get it at the LCBO, but order it online. Save 15%. Go to shopwhitewater.ca and use the wham-funkyfresh coupon code. 15% off. Like I said, Whitewater, brewed by friends for friends. The official beer of the Hockey Hall of Fame. They make four, by the way, award-winning beers. All right. Um, these Tim Stutzla sound came out after the game yesterday where he commented, but didn't really comment on Brendan Gallagher, uh, not saying very much, right? Everyone has their own opinion. They can say what they want. I have my own opinion too, but in the end, like I said, respect him as a player. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Ian, I mean, you've talked to Tim Stutzla a lot. What are your thoughts on this whole situation where he was labeled a diver, missed two games, and then we'll talk to Bobby about actually sitting out and what it takes to actually sit out two straight games. So, uh, Ian, I'll start with you, my friend. Yeah, and listen, I I, I did ask Tim Tutsla last night, and, and these are the comments uh, that he gave. Look, I 
I want to be careful here because I like it when professional athletes and hockey players speak their mind. Okay. So I know Brendan Gallagher took a ton of heat, but there's a big part of me that's like, you know, I kind of feel like the game needs more unabashed, honest thoughts. And whether we agree with them or not, I I think at least he 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 made things interesting. So there's part of me that I'm really reluctant to just jump down Brendan Gallagher's throat because he was obviously stating something that he felt was true to him, that that Tim Stutzla has a history of diving and that the kid's a talented player, but he continually um, does this against the Habs. But I liked Tim Stutzla's response last night. Just took the high road. He's like, you know what? Time for this news cycle to end. Um, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not taking your bait. So I appreciate it. But I kind of like the honesty. I'll be honest. I like the honesty from, from Brendan Gallagher. That's how he feels. Uh, Bobby, is Bren, is Tim Stutzler's play embarrassing as Brendan Gallagher called it? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with uh, Ian on both points. Um, I remember as a young guy, I got hurt in a game and it was my knee as well. Um, ended up going in the back for a little bit and came back and uh, we were at home in Anaheim and I was having a good rookie season and I came out and they were like, well, you need to test it. Right. So I went in and took like almost like a hot lap, you know, kind of around the bench, nothing killer. And the crowd cheered because I came back. And after that game, Randy Carlisle called in and said that was a little dramatic. Right. And the game's changed. Uh, so those things aren't, the, you know, wouldn't be treated the same way as it is now by any means. Um, people would, you just wouldn't have a coach do that anymore either. But I remember being right. told that and I remember that kind of stuck with me forever. Um, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think Tim's dramatic. I think he's, I think he wears, he, I don't know him. So I, he, but he looks like a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and he's, uh, he, he, I mean, he's been a pest lately, which I've kind of liked to see as well from yeah. him. So, um, I think there's a, there's a way to turn down the way he's acting about it. I like what Brendan Gallagher said, but I like even more the way he handled it as a 19 year old kid. It's like, just don't go down the rabbit hole. Um, you know, with, with yeah. both teams are out of the playoffs, finish the season strong. Don't make a story that doesn't need to be a story. And he handled it really well uh, with Ian's questioning. So then if, can he still be a diver and still miss two games? Can both things be true, Bobby? Yeah, you can always, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's, I, I read an article about people asking him. I, did you write the article, Ian, about you asking some people whether he would be labeled that yet? Um, and everybody yeah. was on the same page. No, no, he's not. But he's got a bit of dramatic, dramatic, theatrical thing to him. Um, you know, having watched all of them and then watching Ian break it down, I don't, I don't see it. And it takes a long time to get that label from referees, but it takes even longer to shed that label from referees. So, um, you know, he he flirts with that line from time to time, but I wouldn't say that. And then you back it up by missing two games. But at the point where they are now, he could have missed those games because DJ and Pierre said, are you 97%? And he said, no, 95. And they said, there is not a single reason to put you in a position where you could hurt anything else, right? That, that, that we don't know that. Um, that could have been part of the conversation too. But, um, you know, players won't miss time unless they need to. So obviously something was bugging them. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I I just don't want to get. I mean, Sidney Crosby. I still think it's called sometimes a diver or a whiner because of the label yeah. he got early on in his career, right? And he's now we're seventeen years into his career. He's got yeah. fourteen hundred points and still gets that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I I think 
you know, where Sid would, where Sid went wrong, wrong, I guess. And I don't want to say went wrong because he's played a long time and he's, he's won at every level, but he's, yeah. he was a little yappy early on. And that, that gets a bigger, you know, with the referees, he was yappy. He let them know, you know, when he felt like an infraction was, was committed. Um, and you can see Stutzla does that as well. So um, that's, that's almost worse than being labeled a diver. You don't want to be a guy that has to let the ref know everything because refs, refs are fickle, man. <laughs> you know, they'll, uh, um, some of them will really be able to take it. And then others have got this short little leash where you gave me a yap last game. I'm going to remember it. It's in the back of my mind. And then you got to live with that. That's kind of a pain in the ass when you're going in the games like that. Uh, should we ask about, so we, when you went out for that little hot lap to test the knee and Carlisle says that to you, did you just sit on the bench and go like, what just happened? Or what was your reaction? Well, so I, we finished the game before he said anything. He he didn't say anything at the time. Uh, okay. You know, we won the game, and he just kind of called me in. And um, that, that's I, I forget his words were like, "It's no secret you got 18 goals, um, and and you know something went wrong on the play, but it was a little dramatic. You don't need to take that half a lap." And I was like, I kind of understood where he's coming from uh, because when I I stepped on the ice and I thought, "Yeah, I can play," and the trainer said, "No, no, no, you got to go. Like you got to have a couple cuts or something." And I did that, and the fans saw it. And I tried to do it in the corner, but I maybe went out too far, and it became a thing. And uh, I understood where he was coming from, but you know, twenty year old me was like, "Shut up, Carlisle!" <laughs> like, like, like I was just it, just getting the fans in the mix, you know. <laughs> well, the stick in the air was probably a bit much. Forever. What's that? The stick the stick in the air was probably a bit much. That was it. Yeah, I shouldn't have blown any kiss. Okay. <laughs> now, do you do you have any any relationship with Randy Carlisle right now, like texting or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. I don't think that was, and it wasn't. I don't know if he was a coach that was going to keep in touch with many people. Um, you know, he might still talk to Dion or Getzy or those guys, but I I doubt it. Um, but yeah, no, not. It's funny when a coach gets fired, you never see them again, right? They're just we won a game at home after a big losing streak went home. I got a call from Bob Mary saying, um, you know, we fired Randy and practices back on. Cause we were supposed to have a day off. So it was just, and then you never saw Randy again. You were, got there and Bruce was there in the morning and he had been waiting in Anaheim for a few days. So um, it's very quick how it happens. Yeah. Or wait, now, now I got another follow-up question to that. Are there any former coaches of yours that you still have a texting relationship with uh Guy Guy Boucher um okay and not you, you guys know Guy as well as I do he was always a guy that was going to disappear into the mountains and the lakes and whatever and I'm, I'm kind of the same way um but he he just got through to me more than any other coach I played um and and there was there was clearly a relationship there as you know for us so I remember when he got fired I tracked down his address in Ottawa and uh took over a six pack of his favorite Pinot Noir and dropped it on the thing and said, you know, left him a nice note just saying, I know that this year didn't go the way, but I want you to know that I will have an everlasting appreciation for what you did for us last year in the playoffs and into this year. And uh, we touch base every now and again. Nice. I, I, I sent him a text once uh, just to try to get him on the show. And he's like, I won't discuss the sense. I'm like, okay. But he's always been very good. Like you'd see him, you'd see him at rinks. He was coaching uh, his daughter's high, uh, hockey. You'd see him around. He would always be very uh, personal. So I, I quite like him. I just know he just doesn't want to discuss yeah. his time in Ottawa. Anybody uh, that left between I, the beginning of Guy's tenure and 
up until me and Andy left, probably had to sign an NDA on the way out. <laughs> stuff that we got to witness for two and a half years there. It's like you, we're, we're gonna we're gonna buy you out, but first, you know, our, our lawyers are sending something over yeah. for you. <laughs> It's well, that's it's I always remember the Dave Cameron quote he had on our show. He called it seatbelt day. He didn't know if he needed to, needed to go in and buckle up that day or not. So uh, <laughs> always an interesting time around the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I want to get to Brady Kachuk and he's a guy on the move. And speaking of on the move, uh, we're, this is brought to you by Boyd Moving. Uh, want better pay, more respect, more job security. Looking for a career? It's time to move to Boyd Moving. If you're an experienced mover, truck driver, just hardworking go-getter, who wants rewarding work? Maybe this is where meth is. Um, then it's time to turn your job <laughs> into a career. Competitive rates apply today at BoydCareers.ca. Boyd moving. We keep Ottawa moving. Uh, I, well, listen, I will tell you, I've told this story before. Meth came to our house and I had a treadmill I ordered and didn't know it was that heavy. And they just stuck it in the garage. Uh, he came over and basically single-handedly moved that to the basement. So uh, I know he's pretty good yeah. when his back's not out. Um, Brady Kachuk. Uh, I'm just going to move on before I get myself in trouble. He's on a quest for 30 goals. He's got 26 on the season, 10 games remaining. Bobby, you are a four-time 30-goal scorer. Um, I I don't know what it's like to obviously get to that mark or what it takes to get there. What are your thoughts on Brady after missing training camp, being on the precipice of getting to 30? Um, I, I think we always knew he was going to be in that category, 25 to 30. I would always say 25 to 35 would be a good year for him. Um, he got a freebie last night. I watched that replay like six times. I was like, how in the world did that goal stand the high stick? Um, but I was watching yes. on Hulu and I don't know if I saw all the angles, but that was, that was clearly a, in, in over the crossbar high stick, but um, he should hit it four goals in 10 games kind of probably would put him about the pace that he's at right now. Um, you know, Brady's one of those guys that could go three or four games uh, without one, but then score four in the next two. So he should get there, um, especially with the way the power plays clicking and the way that he's around the net uh, for everything. So I, I think he was always going to be a 25 to 35 goal score. That's, I, you know, with, with a higher ceiling than that some years, um, but he's, he's having a heck of a year. And I, I thought that contract, and I, I have no room to talk, but I thought the contract was good. I was, I was like, that's an overpayment. That's an overpayment, but you have to keep him because he's your, he's your heartbeat for, for everything that the team goes through. He's your heartbeat. He, bring, he can literally drag guys into games. So it's it, it's really nice to see him having a good year because if he didn't have a good year after holding out for a little bit, it was going to be a nightmare for him. So I'm glad because the place loves him, and rightfully so. Mendez, what are your thoughts on Brady yeah. Kachuk and the way he's been playing of late? Uh, I what I love about Brady is it's the off ice stuff that I that I really appreciate, yeah. and, and and I think that's and, and you know Bobby, you know you you were here and Wally, you've been around. Like that's what this organization has been missing in the last couple of years is this connection to the city, right? And this feeling like the guys are you know in part of the the the. The community and you see these stories with brady and you're almost like like does this guy have like a public relations firm that is like setting these things up like n nobody could be this good can they but but i think he is and and i also think it's funny that you mentioned that bobby about you know you thought oh his contract was pretty big and i think you you've always been a good example of this to me like if i was an agent or i was a uh, in pr i would tell people do do what brady kachuk does do what bobby ryan did which is just be a good guy in the community. Like, go out, meet people, yeah. talk to people. Like, the amount of leeway it gives you 
is phenomenal. Like I, I agree. Would you not that even and, and yeah. you'll be the you you would always tell us like, hey, listen, I, I know my contract and all this, but like you had a certain um, almost like a credit with the fan base. We're like, damn, like I saw Bobby Ryan at a concert. He was so nice. This guy buys the Chio suite. This guy that like like you always had. I think an extra layer of protection. I'll call it from from yeah. criticism because of the way you conducted yourself in the community. And, I, and Brady, I think, is doing that. And he's also obviously playing really well on the ice, too. Yeah, yeah. I think you could tell as soon as he came in at 18 um, that he was going to be your guy going forward. Um, and that, and that's, you know, in the locker room and things like that. And then as he's kind of immersed himself, he's going to get that – he'll get that same protection that I got. Um, and I, you know, at the end of the day, I never did any of that to get the protection. I always did because it's just not that hard to be a good human being to a fan that sees you, right? Uh, I'm sure there's a few where I was a little salty about something and it rubbed up somebody the wrong way somewhere along the line. But at the at the same time, it's just nobody wants anything but a picture and a conversation. And uh, uh, I, I think, you know, I handled that stuff well. I think Brady's, like you said, he can't be that good, but he is. He's just a genuine, uh, genuine kid. He's, you know, he's nice. He's humble. Um and he's, you know, he's got pedigree with a dad and a brother that have been around it. So he knows how to do the right things day in and day out as a pro hockey player. So, um, you know, it's, it, I saw the pictures of him playing hockey in the street and everything. And I was like, that's, you know, that I, I keep seeing the ca hashtag captain shit. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yeah, that's, that is Brady to a T. That's exactly who he is. So it's, it's nice to see him getting rewarded. And that's the thing, right? It's honest. Like Brady doesn't make this up. He just comes by it naturally, yeah. which is same thing. There's a few other players and you were one of them too. And, there's guys with, like, Roberto Luongo got a free pass because he was so good in the community, but we all know about his contract and all the stuff that went on that way. So it happens all across the league. It's just, if you're good people, you get taken care of and not protected. We would still ask you about your contract or or those kinds of, like, yeah. if you were struggling to score goals, we still knew we had to ask you, and you understood that. Um, but it all became just an honest conversation, and I think that became a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I have from uh, the last couple of games is the play of Parker Kelly uh, now being considered as a full-timer for next season. He's a fourth liner. And Bobby, one of the questions I have for you is like, he runs all the time. So of all the sends, uh, he is tops and hits per 60 of guys who played more than 12 games. So when he's on the ice, you know, he's going to run at you. Are those the guys you just want to get away from? Oh yeah. 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 Um, you know, he's he's so young in his career too that those numbers will kind of fade down a little bit. Um, sure. As he plays more and more, but it depends if you're going to put him in that fourth line role. Um, you know what what kind of fourth line are you going to have? Are you going to have a fourth line that does exactly that, and that is their mo every time they go on the ice? Kind of you know, kind of like the line in the Islanders with Matt Martin and those guys like that. Do you want a fourth line built like that, or do you want a fourth line that's going to chip in with a little more offense? So those those things have worked themselves out, but I. I had a couple of camps with him and I thought he's a, he's, he's a little water bug. He gets around, but he hits everything that moves. Um, and those are the guys that, yeah, as, as you're out there and you see the fourth line come out a lot of times as a younger, you know, offensive guy, we were salivating because we were like, okay, the, you know, now you got puck possession, you got this and that, but, um, that's the thing. You got to have, you got to start with the puck against those guys because you might not get it back there. Right. They're, they're going to just cycle and wear you down. And I think he can do all those things. And he, I think he's got a little more offense in him than he's showing. I think that'll that'll get a little better too. So I was a fan of him. I liked him a lot. Um, I don't know. 
I always, I always take that with a grain of salt when people start to pencil guys in for the next year because you never know what's going to happen in camp, right? Nobody, nobody saw Ryan Dezingle making the team and then scoring 25 that year. So th those things all change, but uh, he looks like a guy that will be uh, a player with a role and a player with, um, with a full-time spot in the future. You know what I thought was really cool about Parker Kelly on Sunday night? And I don't know if they show this in the broadcast. And I don't know, Bobby, if you would have wanted this or not as a player. <laughs> I'm really curious. But they have the new technology where they're, I guess, it must be the chips in the uh, in the jerseys. They can track the distance that guys are skating and this and that. Parker Kelly had the highest, like, I looked at one point last night, and I, I don't remember the number. But he had the fastest time of anybody, like, in terms of speed. Like nobody had reached a speed faster than Parker Kelly in that game last night. And I'm I'm really fascinated by that. Like I think it's cool to find out that a guy can skate X amount of miles an hour, or he's he traveled during the game. He skated whatever you know a mile or two miles, or whatever. Yeah. I find that really really cool. And I thought it was interesting that he was the fastest skater last night at any point in the game. Well, I'll tell you, there, there's a 50-50 split in the league on guys that want that and guys that don't, and I would fall in the echelon of guys that didn't. Um, <laughs> never wanted my highest ex my highest speed exposed. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, Mark Stone certainly doesn't want it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's there's plenty of guys. Corey Perry wouldn't have been a fan of it. Uh, but if you're if – you're, if you're looking for a third and a fourth line and you're and you're talking traditionally where your third's going to be your shutdown, your fourth's going to be your energy line, those are intangibles. Those are things that you need to have uh, to look at so you can see that those guys are th those guys are doing their job in, in the sense that you're you're looking at those things. But uh, I haven't really noticed we wore the chips last year and I don't I don't even think I remember it being brought up or, or shown in all the video that I was watching. Um, so, you know, there's, it's more of a fan and a reporter element now. I don't think it's crept its way into really revealing itself to coaches and scouts yet. It is interesting to watch. Um, Mendez, you would have obviously been at the game and watched Parker Kelly. I, by the way, Tim Stutzla had seven hits last night. I think Brady – or no, he had seven shots on goal, I think it was. Uh, Brady, seven, yeah. I think, had eight. But, um, when it comes to Parker Kelly, who's got five goals – what, who does he remind you of as a former senator? Anybody? It's a good question. Um, yeah. Um, a young Bobby Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was never uh, the fastest boy, skater I... on the ice. So, yeah, or, yeah. Or I never led the team in hit. I don't know. Um, I'm, trying to th I'm trying to think of all the guys that I've seen, had there that played that role, and I just – I, I can't really maybe yeah. maybe a touch of Zach Smith in the fact that he's you know he's got the the the, the pest thing down and he's going to finish hits so yeah maybe a young Zach yeah. Smith yeah, it's pretty good uh we're going to get to Corey Perry with in a sec because you brought him up and I want to talk with more about, edge uh, with he's got more edge oh, than more edge yeah <laughs> I, see I think Smitty's got some edge he had a good tweet the other day with a little bit of edge on it um before we get Check to that out. uh the uh, Boro, Mark Borowiecki, Evgeny Malkin incident yesterday where Malkin is now going to have a hearing tonight. Uh, we saw him, Malkin with a cross-check to the face of Boro. I don't know how many teeth Boro could have possibly lost because he's already missing a few. Uh, however, he's going to probably need some dental work. Uh, how many games, uh, Ian, does uh, Malkin get for that cross-check to the face? I think three. I think he gets three games. And he's... a 
technically a kind of a repeat offender. He has one suspension previously for a high stick, I think, on Michael Raffle in 2019. So that's probably not that that doesn't factor in. But I thought that was pretty egregious uh, what he did. And if you look at Austin Matthews and you think Austin got two games, um, I think Malkin getting three would be about right. I I don't think four or five or six will happen. What I'm curious about is I've always thought I w- I'd love to know from Bobby because players know. I've always thought Malkin's like sneaky dirty. Like that guy's sneaky dirty, and I think we saw it play out yesterday against uh, against Boral. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think three is probably going to be the number. Um, four and five, I think, would be too many. Um, so I I couldn't agree more. But yeah, he's a he's he's got a. I guess dirty. He's a dirty player in the sense that he does it very well. You know who else was like that did it extremely well and hit it was Henrik Zetterberg. Um, they just always found ways to get into your into your your knees a little bit when you were coasting by them. They found ways to screw your stride up. Um, you know this one he couldn't hide. Obviously, you could see. I mean, Boro was leaking pretty good on his way off. Uh, mm. And I was I was actually going to shoot him a text. I figured I was like I'm going to leave him alone because he's probably in a terrible mood right now uh, today. So I haven't done it yet. But yeah, three three's three's the number for me as well. And I and to answer your question, yeah, he's he's got. Uh, I I don't even know if it's sneaky dirty anymore. I, fans just come to you know he gets away with a lot of stuff though. Yeah, him and I want to say even Obi are the same. This they seem to be the same type of they have a really nasty side to them and don't seem to take a whole lot of penalties or uh, repercussions for it. Um, Mendez, you have an article today in The Athletic. Uh, you stole my idea, even though you didn't know I was going to talk about it. Uh, the rebuild basically around the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators who play each other on Tuesday. So it'll be a game that Bobby won't miss. Um, your, so uh, I encourage people to, to read it. I printed it off. It's seven pages, Mendez, uh, of Ooh. you going through uh the players the roster but question i have i'm going to start with bobby um if you had to pick one of the four teams that currently are the four worst since 2018-19 that means buffalo new jersey ottawa or detroit which team would you want to play on based on their roster which team is going to be in the playoffs sooner um I'm going to roll out Buffalo and New Jersey right out of the gate. Um, I think they got longer roads. I think I would probably – I would give the edge to – I would probably give the edge to Detroit. Um, and I only say that because their their core is a little older, so they've been through it a little longer. And you can see the steps that Larks and you know Bertuzzi and some of the guys have taken. Um there's going to be some more growing pains for the young guys there in Ottawa before they're ready. That's my guess. Um, I don't think either team is imminent at making the playoffs in the next year. Um, mm. I, I agree with whoever said that Ottawa does have less gaps to fill, but um, I, I would also agree that um, the goaltending situation is a little better in Detroit with, with Ned yep. and, uh, and the kid coming down the line with Casa. And then I, you know, not to knock on Chabby or uh, Brady, but uh, Mo Siders just when you see him play, when you skate with him, you're like, this guy is otherworldly at times. So, um, you know, they're probably a little further ahead, but neither team is making the playoffs for a couple of years is my guess. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting, especially I think people would really appreciate your perspective because you played for both those teams very recently, right? Yeah. So 
you got a good good idea of, of, the, of the players and the prospects. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think the bottom of the Atlantic, just division, so take New Jersey out of the equation for a second. I think there's a clear gap. The Atlantic division, it's like completely split down the middle with the haves and the have-nots, right? Florida, Tampa, yeah. Boston, Toronto on one side, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal, and Buffalo on the other. My question is less about, you know, Ottawa, like who's going to rise up? Which of those other four teams is falling out so they can get into the playoffs? That's my question. Because it ain't, it's not going to be Toronto, Tampa, or Florida anytime soon. Yeah. And until Boston misses the playoffs, uh, you got to give them credit. That, to me, is the bigger challenge here is, is there room for them to jump up and get a playoff spot? Yeah, not not at this point. Okay. Um, I, I think Boston will be the first team to, to come back to the to the grouping, only because Bergeron's going to move on at some point. Um you know, their goaltending is going to have to figure, you know, who is going to be the long-term guy. And then the core is going to break up. But at the same time, Pasternak and Marchand still got some really good years ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some time there. And, you know, that gap's not, like you said, they're the haves and haves not. That, that gap is still pretty pretty big. Um, yeah. In terms of consistency and depth and things like that. So it's it, it's going to be a slow pro- we, we, I know we talked about the years of unparalleled success that are supposed to be starting right around now, but like it takes time, right? Other teams are going through very, very good windows of hockey. So that, that hurts your chances. Uh, until Toronto gets a goaltender, I'm not buying into them at the moment. Um, that's all I get. I'll, I'll well, they, I mean, they're, I, they're I, never going to not, they're never going to miss the playoffs though, because they're going to, you're going to have a guy that scores 60 and, two players that put up a hundred points every year for a while. So, you know, they're making the playoffs and they're finishing the top three most years. Is Austin Matthews the MVP right now, Bobby? Um, n- not for me. I think he's no, cause he's got a lot of help there. There's some really good players around them. Um, it's because of where I am, I'm getting to see more and more games, but what Roman Yost and Rossi's doing down here is just next level. Um, He's he's completely and he's doing like Carl did, but but maybe at a step higher. He's putting a team on his back. Like it's it's been truly fascinating to watch. And then you can't rule out the other guys on the West, right? That are that are always in that conversation. So will he finish top three? Most likely, but um, I w- he wouldn't be my number one. He'd be my top three. See, Roman Kate, I have a. This is one of the questions I had later on. I'm going to do it now. Is since January 1st, which is 40 games for Roman Yossi, he's got 58 points. Keep in mind, he is a defenseman. That's seventh best in the league. Uh, and he's also set the franchise record for uh, the National Predators for points. In the Chris Kreider, by the way, has 49 goals in the season, which kind of gets overshadowed because Austin Matthews has 58, who has, and de- depending on who you want to talk to, 51 in 50 games. Which one of those three players statistically has had the most impressive season? I and I say that only because Chris Kreider's high was 25 goals, I think, one year or 28. And Roman Yossi uh, has been so good right now over this little stretch. Is it still Austin Matthews uh, with his 51 and 50? You know what? What do you I, think, Ian? I'll let you go. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I see people debating Austin Matthews. Did he really get 50 and 50? You got to do it at the start <laughs> of the year. But I would argue, and actually Kelly Rudy made this point on Hockey Night in Canada. I thought it was a good point but also I'll steal it from him. Scoring 50 goals in 50 games is harder to do at the end of the schedule than it is at the beginning of the year. Like, 
teams yeah. buttoned down. There's playoff races. Things are tightened up. Yeah. So I, you know what? If if you score fifty goals in fifty games, I don't care when you do it. Let's tip our hat to the guy. But you're asking me what's the most impressive thing? It's Roman Yossi potentially flirting with a hundred points. Last time we had a defenseman score a hundred points in a season, Brian Leach in 1992. Like it's been 30 <laughs> years. So if Matthews gets to 60 goals, okay, Kos got to 60. Ovechkin got to 60. Um, it's not like we haven't seen this before in decades. If Roman Yossi gets to 100 points, we haven't seen that from a defenseman in 30 years. So that's that to me would be the most impressive thing. Yeah, I uh, I would side with that as well. And I don't get the I don't get the 1550 bad talk. If you score 1550 at any point, it's 1550. <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's some people just can't enjoy history. Like you can't just watch, just enjoy yeah. what. You, like just enjoy it. Why? Why do you have to do that? Um, but it for me, it's it's Roman Yos. I mean, he's. I watched like back to back or maybe three in a row, three point games. Um, and they weren't just you know he's not getting phantom assists. He's carrying the play. It's and, you know I hope he gets to hundred and um, you know I'm, I I, I want to buy. He he owns a lot next to me and I want to buy it. So I'm just gonna keep pumping his tires and hopefully he gets <laughs> a good deal. <laughs> What do you need another lot for? How big does the so compound can, have to be? It's 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 got to be bigger. It's good, just got to keep getting bigger so that nobody could ever build near me. You know me. I, I want I want no neighbors. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like you know what though. It does sound like he's never going to build anyway. He just wants to sit on it. So um, for right now, I'm going to let him keep sitting. But eventually, I'm going to swoop on it. That's <laughs> uh, so good. That. I think that that development that you're in is like the who's who of the NHL at the moment. Uh, it, it just must be fun just to hang out with this group. I don't know how often you get together because I know everybody's away, but uh, the summers must be pretty fun. Yeah, we get, well, you know, we got a good group of retired guys here. Um, some that are still working with the NHL. And then, you know, we got Brett Hull and um, we got our normal little golf group right now. And then any given day, Dutchie is obsessed with golf right now. So any given day, you could be at the driving range and Dutchie will pull up after practice or, you know, uh, Ryan Johansson. So there's a, it's a good group. Um, just don't get to spend a lot of time with them right now, obviously. I, I just pictured Dutchie driving in the pickup truck, the windows rolled down and the country music just blaring and him singing and a dust ball behind him. Is that fair? Yeah, well, he's got that stupid cowboy hat right now, too. I got to get on him about that. <laughs> he's wearing a Stetson all over town. I'm like, I get it, man. But you're, you know, you, you're not from he's here. He's committed. He's all off. in. He, oh, he's all in. He's all in on that. He's been, he was trying to get to Nashville for three years. He just had a pit stop in Ottawa on his way in. <laughs> uh, so true. Um, okay, moving on to, I want to get to uh, Alfie versus Getzlaff in a sec here. Because uh, you played uh, with Ryan Getzlaff and you know. So, uh, by the way, brought to you by... BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc. Spring is just around the corner. That means time to start landscaping. Uh, and if you want some landscape needs, stone aggregate, maybe thinking of redoing the driveway, Bonisher Excavating here to help with competitive pricing. On your landscape needs, give them a call, 613-432-1120. Or go to BonisherExcavating.com, BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, Bobby, you played with Ryan Getzlaff. He announces that he's going to retire at the end of the season. I don't know if you saw Corey Perry's um, interview he did on the bench where he got pretty emotional. Uh, it's pretty obvious what Ryan Getzlaff has meant to that Ducks organization, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it. I was trying not to tear up just watching it because I, you know, haven't been around those guys so much. And, uh, 
you know, at both their weddings, they were both at mine. So we, and, and stayed in touch for the most part, um, with those guys. And, and we were pretty tight knit when we played on that line for, you know, four or five years. Um, it's, it's hard, it's hard to understate what gets these meant to an organization that is a, is a, you know, it's a warm weather organization, right? So it doesn't have the fanfare that comes with, you know, being an Alfie in Ottawa where, where, you know, you were that good for that long, but it, it stays present because, because it's Canada. Whereas, you know, Timu was the first in Anaheim and it's kind of faded away. Um, Getsy kind of brought that back after Timu was gone, kind of kept it on the map, always putting up points, um, ran, ran the room incredibly well as a captain. Like he's just, and then he's, you know, he had won some playoff series on his own um, over the years. Some, you know, the one in particular, when I was there with San Jose, we were the eight seed, they were the one. And, uh, he didn't just take over. I mean, he won the series uh, for us. So it was, it's nice to see him going out the way he wants. Not many guys get to go out on their own terms, but um, it's hard to compare the two. They're so different, right? Um, I think ultimately what a lot of people would agree with is the Hockey Hall of Fame consideration generally comes down to winning. Um, and, and, you know, Alfie didn't get there in the NHL very close. Um, he ended up losing to Getzi, who is, you know, um, you know, the ice time leader in that Stanley Cup run for Ottawa, or excuse me, for Anaheim. So I don't know if that sways in, in, in Getsy's direction any more than it should. But it, I, for me, I think he's going to be a guy that goes in pretty quickly. Um, you know, no, no individual awards, but you, he won at every single level. Like, <laughs> it's hard to do. Uh, Mendez, is he a Hall of Famer for you, Ryan Getzlaff? Yeah, he is. And um, and I think here's the problem with Hall of Fame debates. And we're all guilty of it. it, it it's like it comes down to these two guys. And then instead of pumping up the tires, we end up, you know, criticizing the one guy and saying, like, this guy doesn't. Look, Ryan Getzlaff deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Daniel Alfredson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Alex McGillney should be in there. The Sedin should be in there. Keith Kachuk should be in there. Like, there's like six or seven guys who, who belong there. But I think Ryan Getzlaff's a, a Hall of Famer. I think when you're able to produce at the at the level that he did for for more than a decade, and you win a Stanley Cup, and I love the way he's leaving Anaheim. It's rare. It's rare to get a nice departure for a legacy player. Like off to even Claude Giroux in Philly, it's a little sticky, and he's leaving. It's so hard to do this, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So the question I have is when you look at the two, because everybody seems to think that Ryan Getzlaff is a Hall of Famer, and I'm not saying that he isn't. And, but the point is, and Mendez, you made it, we always try to downplay the other guys. Daniel Alfredson's point totals are crazy. He's, I think, 55th in the league, uh, in league history for points. He's got three major awards. He's got an Olympic gold. He's got one 100-point season. Getzlaff never had a 100-point season. 14 international appearances. Like, at what point... And I know he doesn't have a Stanley Cup, but it's not called the Stanley Cup Hall of Fame. It's called the Hockey Hall of Fame. At what point does the individual and what he was able to do make a difference? He was almost a point-per-game player for 1,246 National Hockey League games. Like, the numbers are crazy. And through 2000 to 2010, he was third overall in scoring behind Joe Thornton and Jerome McGinley. I, I, I just don't understand why we have these certain players. And I think Pierre Turgeon's another one, right? Like he's got more points than Alfie. And I think he's a 500 goal scorer, something like that. Mendez. Um, he's not yeah, in the hall of yeah, fame yeah. either. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, if you even use a formula, which is called era adjusted points, which is like you take the yeah. Daniel Alfredsons and then you take the Yari Curries and the guys that put up the, and now, now you use a formula to figure out what you adjust all the points. Daniel Alfredson's 34th all time. Like if you adjust everybody for era and try and put them on the same plane. So put Bobby Orr in the same place as Kale McCarr and Guy Lafleur at the same place as Pablo Burry and Alfred, like, Alfie's 34th all time. Like, that's remarkable to me. So he's, he, look, he'll get there. He'll and, and Daniel and Henrik will get there. And hopefully Ryan Getzlaff gets there. But if you're telling me I get one vote, you get only one guy to put in the Hall of Fame, for me, it's Alexander McGilney. Like, that guy was unreal. And I think the fact that he risked his, his freedom and his life, really, yeah. by defecting to North America at a young age, and risking everything, and then comes over here, drops a 76-goal season. Like, guy's a Hall of Famer. I don't know why he's not in there. It's mind-boggling to me. Uh, would you put him in, Bobby? I, I know we just kind of – you alluded to it, but it comes down to winning. But, yeah, it, like, does winning oh, yeah. one yeah. Stanley Cup matter? I So, I, I think – and I, I don't get a vote, but I think a lot of a voter, a lot of voters do look at that. Yeah, I think that that's – I think that's a major, major focal point for voters. Um, I just, I do. I don't, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't, I would have to pick a lot of guys' brains that are getting votes on that. But uh, yeah, to me, he's a Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, I didn't even need to see the stats to know that he was, you know, ridiculously talented offensively. Um, you know, but the only stat that seems to matter sometimes is the one versus zero on there. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's what I it comes know. down yeah. to for a lot of people. Yeah, but uh, do you guys you also feel to... like? Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. Okay, quick, quick question. You know, sometimes we we debate and we look at stats and we look at graphs and we look at all sorts of things to determine whether a guy's a hall of famer. Do you guys sometimes feel like the it should just be a gut answer? Like, yes, you know what? Yes, that guy's a hall of famer, like, and that's almost more reliable than the stats. Like, it's funny because when you mentioned Pierre Turgeon, I'm like, he's not a hall of famer to me. He's not. He might have the numbers. He's not a hall of famer to me. Um, but Ryan Getzlaff, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Danny Alfredson, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. And I don't need, and it's weird. I don't know. That's sometimes that's how I feel like that my gut reaction is almost a better indicator of a guy's Hall of Fame worth than crunching numbers. Sitting, yeah, than sitting down and pouring. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. The problem is my gut might be different from yours, and then you got 50 different guys going with their gut, and yeah, it's split 25 25, right? And then you're, then you're like, all right, now we got. Now we got to sit around and talk about this, and then you get back to crunching numbers again. So it's it's never going to be yep. that way. But yeah, I do. I yeah. If you if you don't feel like a guy, th th here's the here's the biggest thing I'll say on that. If you don't feel like a guy is a Hall of Famer right out of the gate, he probably isn't. That's that should be a big telling part of it. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. And it's I mean the debate will always be there because it's always subjective at the end of the day. I just. I don't know. And maybe it's got to do with the way the organization and Alfie have uh, had relationships of late of why things have played out this way. But it's it's just tough to see. I think he deserved to be perhaps the first drafted Ottawa senator to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, um, taking nothing away from Marion Hosa, who obviously had a remarkable career. Bobby, I, I need to ask you about you came in to replace Alfie. Basically, um, you were the big free or the big trade to. Right. Did you feel that pressure of having to be that first line right winger because of Alfie or did you just feel the pressure because of the contract? What was, what was it like for you? Yeah, I, I, I think a combination of both. Um, and then, you know, 
the trade because of what was given the other way. I think that, you know, all those things mm -hmm. kind of factor into it. Um, I remember when they, when we got there, they put Clarkie MacArthur in Alfie's stall and I was just a couple down and he found out it was Alfie's. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, no, put me yeah. in storage room B. I don't want to be, I'm not sitting here. Um, and I, I think that because it, and it, it might've been a knee jerk reaction. I don't know that Alfie left and the trade just so happened to happen the same day within hours. Like there was just always going to be that narrative surrounding it. Um, but I, I felt it more because of the fact that it, you know, three first rounders essentially went the other way or two in Silverberg, whatever, whatever round he was, whatever it was. Um, yeah, I felt the pressure and I think I was right out of the gate was, was great because I embraced it and loved it and had a great, great start to my time there before I, you know, I played a full year before I had signed on for more, but, uh, um, you know, the hernia kind of derailed that series, that season, that first year, um. But yeah, there was, there was always, it was just always going to be there and I had to learn to live with it and take it for what it was. Cause it's, nobody was going to replace that. Like, yeah, the numbers make it even look more ridiculous to try and replace that, let alone how good he was <laughs> in the room and how he led, like that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so good luck yeah. to anybody, you know, good luck to the next wave trying to do it. Uh, did it matter to you? You didn't get to wear nine right away, uh, nine right away. Cause, uh, I think Weidman had it or six. The reverse, whatever it was. Uh, McCulloch yeah. had it. Milan had it, yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, because normally when an older veteran gets traded, you have an opportunity to, I guess, see if that number is available. If it's not and it's taken by a younger guy, you would buy it from him. And um, I never even made the offer to Milan because I just knew that he had way more games than me at that point. And... Um, and it's just a respect thing. I think it's just an unwritten rule that if an older player with more games than you has the number, you don't ask. So that's where I stood on it. And yeah, it didn't bother me. How much would you have offered for it? Um, I, I don't know what I would have gone with. I would have started with a Rolex and gone from there. That would have been, uh, I would have started with a Rolex and maybe a really, really nice dinner. But uh, I wouldn't have gone that high. It didn't mean that much to me. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I still see... I, I still see some Bobby Ryan number six jerseys from time to time. Yeah. From that, in fact, if, if it's yeah. fine, I actually texted you a photo, Bobby, the other day. I was going into the rink, yeah. and the guy in front of me at security was holding it up, and he's wearing a Bobby Ryan jersey. I'm like, okay, I gotta take a picture and send it to you. I pro the next time I see a number six jersey, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna snap it because there's more in this market than you realize. Like people with Bobby Ryan, yes, number six jerseys. Yeah, it's funny, I. Every now and again, when I switched to nine, I was like, I'll do what Carl did and, you know, pay a couple bucks to get it. Like the C was for, you know, it was like two bucks a jersey. Carl's like, I'll pay for a couple hundred or whatever it was. So I was going to do that. And then the team came back to me and they're like, it's not that cheap. It's it's quite a bit more. Uh, so I guessed that idea right out of the gate. I was like, there's, you know, again, there's a number you go to and then there's a number you stop at. And it, I wasn't going close to the number it was going to cost to change each one. So uh some people got some relics out there and i'm glad they're still embracing it but i feel every time somebody would bring one to me to sign and be like oh you just you were a couple months too early <laughs> i still see the hat the gong show made a number six hat for you and people were that, those were flying off the shelves too i still see those quite often yeah we had fun with that with gong show gear and it became a yeah. really cool charity thing for for those guys and i to do it was yeah i i think i still have a box of them laying around out in idaho i have to check 
Oh, uh, this seems like a good time to throw in a gong show uh, sponsorship ad is, uh, by the way, you can still get Wham merchandise there. I don't know if you can get the Bobby Ryan hat anymore, but uh, check out gongshowgear.ca. Uh, you can get the Wally Mathot merch. I just go to the collaborations uh, page and you'll find it there. Uh, speaking of uh, collaborations and merchandise, our golf tournament has been uh, announced for this upcoming season. Bobby, I'm, I'm inviting you, but I'm not paying for you to come. Uh, it's an <laughs> open invitation, however. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's at Thanks. Lockmark. It's beautiful. It's September the 9th. Uh, we're going to raise money for DIFD. I just got told there's a uh, current Ottawa senator who is perhaps on the verge of 30 might uh, be in attendance. Uh, he reached out to say he'd like a foursome. There's been a few others. So uh, we would like to have you all out there. It's, that ticket should go on sale this week, hopefully. Uh, but Bobby, it's an open invitation. And Ian, you always get a spot in the golf tournament. Well, it's a short, short drive for me and not so much for Bobby. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, I'll be back. You know what though? That's a direct flight from, from Tennessee. Maybe I'll come up for that one. See? Yeah. Like I think you, I don't know your financial situation. I do think that you could probably <laughs> afford the flight. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll see what I can do. I'm supposed to be playing in a tournament like the week after that in the Royal St. George's in Toronto. Oh, is it, um, that's, yeah. the really nice one. So, uh, yeah, I'll see if my wife will let me make two trips in a row. But the lock marks with my old stomping grounds. I lived right there. So it'd be nice to go back out and check the area out. Uh, and but that, I just that, remembered this. Go ahead, Ian. But that's the first week of September. Now, your kids are in school yet, yet Bobby? Or uh, yeah, they, they start in October. They start in early August here. I don't get it. it yeah. Early August. Yeah. So um, I'm not coming so, back. All the golf tournaments are in August. So I'm sending my wife and kids back to Nashville. <laughs> and I'm staying in Idaho for the tournaments. Yeah, I was like, I've been playing so much golf. I finally have a chance to win these things. I'm not leaving for club championship <laughs> to come back and drop the kids off once a day. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so I'll, I'll see you after the club championship, I'm, uh, which I intend to win. Yeah. There you go. Bagger Vance. Um, <laughs> by the way, you did a, you did a, and hot lunch reminded me of this. Uh, you did a, the, that gong show video you did was with Claude Giroux, correct? In the summer? Yeah. Yeah. Philly's farm there. Yeah. Yeah. So any chance you would convince Claude to sign with Ottawa in the off season? He's such a hot topic name at the moment. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that, it's kind of a weird place for me to see him going. He's got so many ties to the area and I get the allure and I get that. But like, if he doesn't win in Florida, he's doing, he's, he's signing for one year somewhere and he's going to, he's going to be that guy that chases it. Cause he's, He's getting older. He yep. wants to win. Um, sure. So I, I think it was Ian actually that said you have to, you ha kind of have to root for Florida if you want to see it happen. But yeah, um, you know he's going to want a couple year deal, and I don't know if you go that route with a guy that's that's getting older. Like he's getting to a point where can he play top six? Probably, but is he going to be the answer to your long term goal? Probably not. So you might want to, you know, you it's it's kind of that it's right in the middle. Like it's a great signing, especially yeah. for the local community, but at the same time if you want to win a cup five years down the road, you know, he might be too old to play in your top six. So you might have to look younger. I don't, I don't know what the thought process is, but uh, I get the, I get the appeal. Yeah. Oh, Mendez, you froze. Wait, this, you know what? Did, Usually you have me again? Now we got Mendez. Yeah. The meth, <laughs> the meth internet. Um, no, you know what? My joke's not going to work anymore. Too much time has passed. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right fine well uh boys i appreciate you stopping by today it was actually a lot more enjoyable than having math around so 
uh, maybe we can do this again if you don't mind. Yeah, I want to. Well, I want to. I want to get uh, back on with Meth and talk about the uh, because I I thought about it. You said, can we talk about possibly, the, you know, getting into it with teammates after we saw the Carl and Couture video? And I was yes. like, I remember getting into it with Meth now at rookie party. So now I'm gonna. <laughs> oh. I want to come back to talk about that. Oh, you're in. We'll keep you. Then I'm gonna hold on to that till we get you back on. Uh, gentlemen, Deal. thanks. And yeah. Mendez, I'll find you some. Uh, I'll get you a mug. I promised you a hey. mug. I'll get you a I'm mug in. as a payment. Okay. Works for uh, me. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. All right. All right, All right Jeff, thanks for having us. See ya. Thanks. That is the Wally and Method show, everybody. I appreciate you stopping by. We'll have Meth here on Thursday. We'll do it all over again. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Sports Interaction, Boyd Moving, uh, Whitewater Beer, as always. Use the Wally Method or use the Wham Dash Funky Fresh coupon code, uh, Gong Show and BEI. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.